Welcome to Ethics in the Naval Warrior. I'm your host, Michael Sears, at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. We're continuing our discussion with Art Athens, a retired Marine colonel, a recent director of the Vice Admiral James Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. Today, Colonel Athens teaches, lectures, and coaches on character, ethics, and leadership. Art, welcome back to Ethics in the Naval Warrior. Thank you, Michael. Great to be with you again. Last time we were talking about humility, and I learned a lot about who I am and who I should be and who I might be, but now I want to talk about how we become that person who is truly humble. Well, I believe, Michael, that that is the next step in the subject because it's easy to say, all right, I might buy into that. Humility is important. Now what? And I think the now what is to address the issue of, is it possible to really become more humble, to, to be on a spectrum between unhealthy arrogance and healthy humility, leaning more towards the healthy humility side. And when I think about that question of, of whether it's possible, uh, I often come back to a book written a number of years ago now, Good to Great by Jim Collins. And he was studying corporations that went from mediocre to outstanding. And he had very tight criteria, 15 years of, of average performance, a turnaround, and at least 15 years of spectacular performance. And he found 11 companies that fit that. He began to study the 11 companies and said, is anything in common amongst those 11 companies that allowed them to go from good to great? And his number one principle that he presents in the book, he calls level five leadership. And he said, all 11 companies had the same type of leader. They had personal humility and strong professional will. But after he wrote the book and it was published, he was often asked, so how, how, do, you, how do you develop these level five leaders? Sounds like it's a, it's a good thing, but how, how do you bring them along? And Collins often said, you know, I... I don't know. And, and I'm not so sure you can very easily do that. So I, it caused me a number of years ago to think pretty hard about, you know, are there ways to actually increase, strengthen, whatever word you want to use, one's, uh, one's humility. So I, I believe you're right, Michael, in taking us in that direction of saying, all right, so how do you, how do, you do this? Of course, it's always challenging for someone to be asked, oh, so how did you become so humble? Which uh, turns you immediately into a prideful person when you get a comment like that from somebody. But, but I'll try my best knowing that I'm not perfect and, and I'm still figuring this one out to, to how to stay on that side of the, of the healthy humility. But I would argue that it, it all starts with, for a leader in particular, acknowledging that le that humility is important for leaders. Uh, because if you don't come to that conclusion, I don't think you're ever going to actually care about the how. So the starting point is to say, okay, I, I don't know if it's the most important attribute, the most important virtue, but it's an important one. And, and I'm, willing to, I'm willing to agree with that. So to me, that would be step one. The second step is, is to then say, well, how am I doing? You know, is this something that is a challenge in my life or, or am I in fairly good shape with it without, again, becoming so humble I become proud? And I think that only comes through having others put input into our lives to, to tell us what they, really, what they really see. And I think there's different ways of, of that happening. But that's the second step is to, is to evaluate where we are. And I think for most of us, we're going to see a little bit of a delta that we'd like to close if, 
again, we believe that humility is important. And then the third thing is, is that we, we, we need to be motivated to improve, to say, this is important. I see that I probably have some challenges just like everybody else. And now, and now I want to take action. I want to, I want to do something. I, I want to try to move in that direction with doing some specific actions. Now, what are the specific actions? Uh, I, I don't think it's formulistic. I, I think it's more observational and experiential. Uh, as you watch others, perhaps that you look up to and say, you know, there's a leader who, who it really isn't about himself or herself. It really is about the other people. It's about the mission. It's about service. So we observe. And then as we experience in our own life, I, I think as we become more sensitive to this particular topic, we, we get a little stronger and, and, and we find ways perhaps, and that's been my experience is that I've watched others and I've, I've tried to evaluate myself. I've gotten input from others and, and learned. And, and I'll, I'll give you, Michael, uh, a couple of them. I have a fairly long list in my mind of how we do this, but, but here's, a, here's a couple of them. Number one is that over time, I began to realize that I'm just an instrument in the orchestra and not the master conductor. Uh, I think we would all agree if we were asked, are you the master of the universe? And we would probably say, well, you know, well, of course not. But I believe sometimes we live our lives, particularly as leaders, where we're trying to control or we think we're able to control every little detail of every person's life. And that's just that's just not true. I, I believe in vision and objectives and goals, and I have all those things for my personal and professional life. But I hold them a lot looser, and, and, and I'll tell you one of the reasons is I had the opportunity to meet uh, Admiral Stockdale back in 1987, uh, and through that relationship, he became a, a mentor and a friend, and one of the quotes he gave me that has stuck with me over the years is, is actually from the, the book, The Enchiridion, that's attributed to Epictetus, uh, the Stoic philosopher, though it was really his students who took the information down and, and actually wrote the book a long time ago. But this was the quote that, that Stockdale loved to have in his mind when he was in the prison camp in Hanoi for seven and a half years. And, and living really the rest of his life. And, and Epictetus wrote, remember that you're an actor in a drama of such sort as the author chooses. If short, then in a short one. If long, then in a long one. If it be his pleasure that you should enact a poor man or a cripple or a ruler or a private citizen, see that you act it well. For this is your business, to act well the given part, but to choose it belongs to another. And, and that quote 10 years later would become very important to me because 10 years after I met Admiral Stockdale is when uh, I had a real family crisis. Uh, we have 10 children, Michael. I know that you know that. Our ninth child uh, had a very serious heart defect when born and was kind of in and out of the hospital in intensive care in the early days. And I was in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit, a lot with Misty, my wife. I had never even heard of a NICU, truthfully, before that time. And I began meeting other parents who had children in that NICU that were beginning to realize that they were just instruments in the orchestra and not the master conductor, because if they had been the master conductor, they would have written the song, the, 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 the lyrics, everything much differently than what they were experiencing. 
And, and that, that child of ours, our ninth child, died at the age of nine months. And it, uh, it rocked our world. But I think one of the outcomes of that was the aspect that um, you, you don't control everything. And that probably can help you be a little more humble. So that's one of the things I think we have to come to a realization. Often it takes um, hardship and trials in our life to draw that. I certainly don't wish that on anybody to figure out how to be more humble by having that occur. But I think it is one of the ways that it happens. I do notice, though, that people tend to either become bitter or better coming out of those. And one of the ways we can become better is this realization of is we, we don't really control the, the universe. So that's, that's one thing. You know, I like the form you're setting up. You set out a few things about acknowledging humility and trying to demonstrate it. It's a hard lesson to learn. The last thing you just said, though, I think is pretty critical, and that is there will be hardships. If I remember Admiral Stockdale, you know, his quote was, as he was coming down in the silk, as he was parachuting down, he knew that this would be a different circumstance for him. The world of Epictetus. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I wonder if you can take a second here to characterize the difference between the military heroes that we tend to idolize, and that could be Patton, it could be Halsey, it could be Howling Mad Smith, you, na you name them. It could be uh, General Schwarzkopf. And you know, guys who have been lionized, mostly men who have been lionized for their strong, aggressive style. But then you have someone like Vice Admiral Stockdale who did the work early to understand who he was, and that served him very well, not only him, but that served the rest of the community he was locked up with. Well, that is one of the things that sometimes I, I'm challenged on when I talk to leaders about humility is they give me the what about and then a name gets dropped in there, whether it's a corporate name or a sports figure or, you know, what, whatever it is to counter saying, well, you, you don't have to be like Stockdale. You know, you don't have to be like General Vandegrift, who is known for kind of this mild uh, personality, but not a weak one because he received the Medal of Honor for being the division commander at Guadalcanal. But he, he looked more like Stockdale than he did. Again, you put the name in the, in the blank. My response to that is, is this. Number one, many of those names that are mentioned, whether it's corporate, military, or whatever, they, they truly were geniuses. And since most of the rest of us are not, following that example is dangerous. <laughs> that would be my first, my first response to it. The second one is, I'm not sure they ever were as good as they could have been if they actually brought their talent set as it was, but that it was founded a little bit more on, on, on selflessness rather than selfishness of, of promoting themselves rather than caring more about about others. I would also say that I'm not sure the people that were under them either reached their full potential because the boss was the one who was most interested in getting the, you know, the spotlight or, or, or whatever. And, and, and I think the people that are very egotistical that seem to accomplish a lot, again, whatever field it is that they're in, I think there are a lot of uh, wounded and dead bodies along the way that, that has allowed that person to, to get there. And I don't think that's how we're supposed to live our lives. I, I, just, I just don't think that that brings a humanity 
that a leader should in fact have. So, you know, it's probably something that could be reasonably argued over time as you look at leaders, at least on the outside, that look kind of arrogant and seem to do well versus those that are more perhaps like Stockdale that really were about the other person. As a matter of fact, Stockdale once said when he was asked what was the most important lesson he learned really of all these things, what was the most important lesson that he learned? And he said, the most important lesson I learned was I am my brother's keeper. And then he went on to say, which is the opposite of what's in it for me. And and I think that's a, a great way of looking through the lens of someone who went through some incredible trials. But you're accurate, Michael, in saying that he spent a lot of time figuring out who he was and what was really important in life. And then I think that crucible of the prison camp just honed that view and, and enabled him to, to be a leader who, who, who truly was altruistic. Art, excellent conversation. Thank you very much for spending time with us talking about humility. My pleasure. And, you know, my, my hope is, is that we would all step back and at least look at this closely and say, is this an area that I do need to pay attention to? Is this, is this an area where I maybe do need some improvement? And now am I willing to take a look at what are some of the options? And if I could just give you one last quote that continues to be helpful to me that was passed on by a humble mentor of mine who was also very successful, another one besides Admiral Stockdale. But this was, a, this was a, quote, a quote from Augustine of Hippo, who many years ago said, lay first the foundation of humility. The higher your structure is to be, the deeper must be its foundation. Lay first the foundation of humility. The higher your structure is to be, the deeper must be its foundation. And for many who are listening to this podcast, they're, they're going to have a high structure. They're, they're going to achieve a lot. They're going to be in these very influential positions. And the question is really, and what's at the foundation? And Augustine, I think, would argue that if, if you didn't have this as the foundation, that structure can teeter and, and cause hurt to a lot of, a lot of people. Thanks again, Michael, for allowing me to be part of your podcast series. You've been listening to Ethics in the Naval Warrior, produced by the Boeing Leadership Innovation Lab at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. You can find more of our podcasts by visiting the Radio Stockdale page at usna.edu.